Welcome. Wow, I am just, uh, I'm so excited for this, for this conversation, for this video. Uh, if you are someone that watched last week, one of my friends or family members, and decided you were going to return this week and, and, and dive into this conversation with me, I'm just, I'm so honored by that. Um, it, it, it affirms that maybe I'm heading somewhere in the right direction. Uh, if you're new, if you're new this week, if you didn't watch last week, um, just kind of a recap and maybe an intro is I'm currently working on my, I'm working on a doctoral project around the relationship between cognitive science and theology slash mysticism. And, and particularly what I'm looking for is how our neurodiversities and our theological diversity can teach us something about individual and collective purpose and contribution. And so I had this thought as I, like, I'm very new into my project. And so I, I had this, this thought that as I was researching, I would come across these things I was super excited about. These things that I just, like, they would blow my mind or they would lead to a bunch of questions or whatever. And I was like, I want to have conversations with my friends and family around these topics. And so my thought was, if I could take, not my project, like, this is not my, this isn't my project. If I could take these little side uh, side streets on the road um, and I could just put together something weekly, just maybe a little glimpse into it and put it out for my friends and family that maybe like maybe we could have some better conversations, like maybe uh, maybe some exciting conversations would happen. And so these are not videos in which I am an expert on the subject. Um I'm, I'm very new. It's just me taking some information, putting it out there and, and hoping that we can, we can talk about it a little bit. Um, so today I want to talk about, I want to talk about this, this moment in life where we experience something new or unexpected or different and, and 86 billion neurons fire in our mind and we're left with a need to respond. You, you don't talk about like that. I mean, these happen all day, like every day, whether we're, we're, we're uh, conscious of it or not. But, but there are these moments in life that really particularly seem to stick out. And so like where, where we do, we come across something that we've never experienced before, or we weren't expecting, or that challenges our, our cognitive framework. And, and, and these, these neurons, billions of neurons just fire off in our brain. And we're left there with, do we fight? Do we freeze? Do we say something? Do we dive into this? We're left with a, with a need, not just a want, but like a need to respond in some way. And there's two wisdom tradition figures where, where you see this happen in their story. And so the first one is Siddhartha Gautama, uh, AKA the Buddha, right? And so his story is that he was, it was prophesied at his birth that he would be either a great king or some kind of spiritual leader or guide. And his his father, his father wanted him to become the king. Like he wanted to become this great monarch that would uh, that would build an empire. And so he he devised this plan that he was going to shield Siddhartha Gautama from suffering. This this guy would never see pain in his life. But then one day, Siddhartha Gautama, at 29 years old, got outside of the walls, got outside of that shield, and he encountered four things. He encountered an aging man, like a, an, an older human. He, he encountered a, a sick human, a human who was suffering from sickness. 
he encountered a, a, a dead human. So he saw, he saw a corpse, like he saw death for the first time. And in those three things, he realized this would happen to me someday. Someday I will age. I will get old. Someday I will get sick. Someday I will die. This is going to happen to everyone. And then he encountered the fourth thing, which is a religious human. He saw a religious, spiritual human. And something started to fire there. Something, something, something started to click. He saw a connection between the spiritual and this life journey of aging and getting sick and dying. The other, the other wisdom tradition I want to look at is the story of Abraham. So, so Abraham at 75 years old, um, he's established in his dad's business in the family business. He met a God. So he was, he was outside and out of nowhere, he encounters a God who told him to, to leave, leave his land, go somewhere new. Uh, and if he did, he would start be the start of a new nation with a divine purpose. And, and there's like reason to believe there that like all Abraham really is hearing from this because he, he wasn't able to have a child was that if he left, he would have children like, and, you know, but it's this encounter with this divine and he's kind of left wondering like, do I go? Do I stay? Like it was new up until his, his 75 years, like up until he was 75 years old, he was okay with the family business. He was okay with the land he was living on. He was okay with his belief system. And so kind of the parallel of these two stories is that at the time that Siddhartha Gautama encountered the aged human, the sick human, the dead human, the religious human, he didn't know about enlightenment or nirvana. He didn't know that was a thing. He had not developed the four noble truths. Uh, he didn't know that he would become the Buddha. Uh, and, and he just knew, he just knew that he had an experience with suffering and he needed to move into something. He needed to respond some way. And the same thing, like when, when Abraham encountered this God, when he encountered this God uh, while outside, and when this God spoke to Abraham, he didn't know that the, the nations that he was going to form would, would result in founding Islam or Christianity or Judaism. He didn't know about the tribe of Israel. He didn't know about the laws or the customs that would come from this encounter. He didn't have a Trinitarian framework or a one God framework. He didn't even know this God's name or the names it would take on or the traditions that it would take on for this God. He just knew that he was called into something. He had a new experience and he was called into something. And it's easy to jump ahead in these stories. Like it makes sense when you know the end of these stories or the or where these stories come from, it's easy to say, okay, right decision or wrong decision or complicated decision because it led to all of these things. But at the time of that moment in the story, neither of these humans knew what the outcome of what it would mean for them to lean into this new cognitive and theological framework. 
And I think we learn from these stories that our theologies become generative when we allow our beliefs, feelings, and behaviors to change in light of new cognitive experiences. But our theologies stand still when we freeze from those things. I mean, we can take these wisdom uh, these wisdom traditions, these stories, these founders of these religions or spiritual movements or beliefs. But this is every story, right? There's a moment in every single story that the hero of the story uh, encounters something new and has to respond. And that seems to be the launching pad of story. And my thought is like, as we encounter these new cognitive experiences, how do I like, how do I lean into those? Like, what does that look like to lean into those? What does that, what does that look like to change? And I think, I think, you know, you have these moments, you have these moments where, where people either, when, when someone has these new cognitive experiences, um, and these new theological shifts, you have this moment where, where there's people around you, there's people around them saying, don't change. Don't take on something new. Don't walk into that path. And there's a few, there's a few kind of psychological phenomenons to why that is. And, and one is you have the people who are living within the community that you might have to walk away from. And they're afraid that if you walk away from it, what they're going to say is that you're going into something dangerous. But what's actually happening in their mind is they're afraid that if you walk away from it, you're proving that at some point they could walk away from it. And you're, you're tapping into their fear of the unknown and what's unexpected. And then there's kind of the other camp who has been there and walked away, but still kind of carries like a polarized approach to this. And they believe the things like the, the things of your path. And I want to be like very clear to this. I am not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about uh, toxicity. I, I am, I am not talking about, um, like if, if you've oppressed people, like you deserve to be, you need to be kind of held accountable for that. And so like, I don't want to be misunderstood there, but what I'm saying is that sometimes people's beliefs change and those who have walked before them don't give them the same redemption and grace that they needed when their beliefs changed or when their actions changed or when their redemptions changed. And, and then kind of the last thing on that camp is the people who have never actually changed. They were just born into this, this level of thinking. So if you've uh, studied anything like spiral dynamics, you know that some people are just born more cognitively aware than others. Some people are just born with... Uh, with with values and memes and uh, and and ways of viewing the world that are just a little bit more advanced or aware than others, and it, sometimes it's hard for those people to pull back on that collect, collective experience that they carry in their DNA to provide a path of redemption for the ones who are um, who are coming after them. So where does that lead us? It leads us in two places. Uh, the first one is within our own experiences, I'm left with the question, what does it look like for my theologies to become generative in light of new experience? 
how do I take on that call? How do I take on that sense of calling? When I'm in that liminal space, how do I keep walking forward? Uh, is it healthy to stand still? Or should I lean into that even when those around me are saying, don't lean into that? The second thing I have is as I encounter people who are going through these new experiences and beliefs, when when they're encountering suffering for the first time or divinity for the first time or uh, something that I don't understand, how how do I position myself to even in light of not understanding or in light of my own experience, how do I position myself to be someone that is safe for them to change around? Even if I'm not where they are, how do I position myself to be someone that is safe to allow their theologies and cognitive experiences to become generative? How do I change? How do I allow, allow others to change? Anyways, friends, family, uh, random people on the internet, that's, that's what I'm curious about this week. As you can see, I don't have the answers on it. I just have the story and the questions I'm left with. If this is a conversation you'd like to have, you have, uh, you have access to my Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you have my number, call me. I'd love to have this conversation. I'm so excited that you specifically are a part of this conversation, and I'll see you next Sunday.